Everyone wants to cheer for the winning team. Everyone wants to be a part of a winning organization. Georgia is more than just those things. They're also more than the NFL factory they've made themselves to be, and they're more than the team who's looking to be the first team ever to win three national titles in a row. Georgia is currently the number one program in the nation, and I think it should be a unanimous opinion that they're the number one program in the nation as of this past Monday when Dylan Raiola committed to the Georgia Bulldogs. He's obviously the number one overall player and number one quarterback of the 2024 recruiting class. Now, some might say that that isn't a significant enough get or that no single recruit should be significant enough to put a program as the number one program in the country. Really, it's just a cherry on top that just barely pushes Georgia across that finish line, but there's also a part of me who thinks that just puts Georgia in a completely different tier where they're alone ahead of everyone else. Before Riola's commitment, it was obviously Georgia and Alabama who would have been battling it out for the number one overall program. Georgia has won more recently. They've won two national titles. They've had a 29-1 and record over the past two seasons. They've done very well. They're the best team by a mile over the past two seasons. Alabama yet has still out-recruited Georgia, getting better classes and having an average rank per player that is higher than Georgia's. They've had that even before the past two seasons, where Alabama's consistently had the number one recruiting class every year, and it's either Georgia or sometimes Ohio State that has the number two. Those three, they're on a whole separate field of their own in terms of acquiring high school talent and also producing at the NFL level. But that could be for a different video. We're just talking about Georgia specifically. Alabama also, in my opinion, still has the better head coach in Nick Saban. That's not really up for debate. Maybe if Georgia three-peats it will be, but Nick Saban has still done far more at Alabama. And Alabama's also a blue blood. Georgia is not a blue blood yet and it will take more than just winning another national title this coming season to change that. But in my opinion, what makes Georgia the number one program is not just the fact that they're 29-1 and with two national titles, two SEC championship game appearances, and one SEC title over the past two seasons, and also the fact that they beat Alabama too. They beat the former number one program head-to-head on the field, which certainly helps, and they dominated in nearly all of their 29 wins. That helps too. Like I said at the beginning of the video, everyone wants to join the winning team. And Dylan Raiola's commitment is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Now, there are many factors that goes into a commitment to a school, but I will tell you this. If you want to get into the NFL and you are comparing Ohio State, in Georgia, and really like USC or any other school, and you're just looking at where you want to go to get into the league, get the highest pay, and we know that Ohio State and USC would give Riola handsome NIL deals. There's no doubt about that. Very highly touted player. Anyone is going to scramble for anything they can give to him. You're going to go to USC or Ohio State. USC with Lincoln Riley has a fantastic reputation for quarterback play, 
Heisman winnings, uh, first round p- picks if you're a quarterback. Also, you get tons of good stats because you're in that impressive air raid offense. And it's USC, fantastic education, and you get to play in California. For Ohio State, minus the good weather, and you're in Ohio, so it's not not as fancy as California, obviously. That's no knock on Ohio. It's just the reality that kids like warmer weather, typically. But Ohio State also has that reputation at quarterback with Ryan Day. Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace. Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, all first-round day-one draft quarterbacks. For Lincoln Riley, it's Baker Mayfield. It was Kyler Murray. Caleb Williams, I definitely will be. And Jalen Hurts, who transferred in from Alabama, but Lincoln Riley really polished him up as a quarterback. He was a day-two pick. Georgia under Kirby Smart has had Jake Fromm and Stetson Bennett, who I think were taken in the fifth and fourth round, respectively. Now, they have Mike Bobo, who recruited and developed Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford, I think to a certain degree, was more a product of his own talent. He was, a like Riola, basically a prodigal coming out of high school. Riola coming to a school where they don't have the same reputation as many other schools that are pursuing him, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but again, communicates to me that you want to be a part of a winning organization. You want to win championships. You want to be a part of the number one program. You want to go to places where they don't rely on you. It's not just you winning for the team. The team, rather, is winning for you. And I think that plays a huge part in it. And Georgia, no doubt, over the past two seasons has solidified themselves as currently one of the best programs in the country, one of the best teams in the country. And I think that this team has a really, I mean, they're picked nearly unanimously as preseason number one. They have a good chance to three-peat. And even if they don't three-peat this year, which controversially I'm of the opinion that they won't, they're going to win more national titles in the future. Not just one more national title, I mean more national titles, plural. Not just with the addition of Riola, but with the addition of constant five stars, four stars, both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. I like where Georgia is heading, and picking up Dylan Riola is huge. It's absolutely massive. He previously was committed to Ohio State, took visits to USC, Nebraska, and Georgia after decommitting from the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes got Air Noland to replace him. USC, Nebraska, they haven't gotten a quarterback commitment yet for their 2024 class, and Georgia got theirs. And assuming everyone in Georgia's quarterback room stays after the 2023 season and Riola is added on, you have Carson Beck and Gunnar Stockton, who are four stars, and you have Brock Vandegrift and Dylan Riola, who are five stars. That's a very talented quarterback room. And if all four of them stick around, that just shows the commitment they have to not just Kirby Smart, but to Georgia football, period, which in the era of NIL and the transfer portal would show that they also want to be a part of a winning organization, even if it means they don't get the same stats or maybe even the same recognition, like consistently across a year-to-year basis. Maybe they prefer 
Like maybe Brock Vandegrift prefers just being at Georgia for the rest of his career, only starting for one year, then immediately going to the NFL. If it means that he gets to learn from who he thinks is the nation's best coach, best staff, and moves on after starting for a year at Georgia. And same thing for the guys that are behind him. And I don't know. It's just, it's just a thought. And it's interesting. Because again, going back to the reputation at quarterback, if you're looking at pure NFL reputation and development, you go to Ohio State, you go to USC, you go to Alabama, you don't go to Georgia. But Riola, the connection with Kirby Smart is clear, and he wants to be a part of the nation's number one program. And I don't blame him. Michigan's not the nation's number one program. They're not recruiting at a high enough level. They have the number one recruiting class currently, but you need to have consistency there and also win a playoff game and a national title to get there. Ohio State, they've won the playoff game. They recruit at the high level, but they haven't won their conference for two years in a row, and they lack that national title win. For Alabama, I think not winning the national title for two years in a row and looking as bad as they have in every game over the past two seasons, minus that one ridiculously impressive game against Georgia in the SEC title in 2021. I don't think they're the nation's number one program. They're number two because they've won a playoff game. They've reached the national title. They've won the SEC. They, they beat Georgia. They beat the national champions in 2021, and that counts. But Georgia is clearly number one. And USC clearly isn't the nation's number one program either. It's year one under Lincoln Riley, and they have been drugged through the mud by Clay Helton, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, other incompetent coaches, at least at the time, who don't compare to Lincoln Riley. And he needs to get his defense figured out and win the conference first before worrying about winning for a national title and competing for the nation's number one program. It's Georgia on top of the mountain in terms of ranking programs in college football. They have their own tier. They are the number one program, and right now, I don't think anyone is competing with them for that number one spot. I think Bama is clearly at number two. I think Ohio State and Michigan would round out the top four, with Michigan probably being at number three, Ohio State at number four, but there's an argument to switch them around. Anyway, I want to get into roster talent before I specifically talk about the recruiting classes, or at least return to the recruiting classes. Georgia's offense and defense, I think, will continue to perform at an elite level. I think that even with the departure of Todd Monken, Stetson Bennett, and defensively, obviously Jalen Carter is gone, Keely Ringo, and other key players, Georgia consistently has proven that they can reload. And I think offensively, the O-line and tight end form the base of this offense, and I think the skill players, while they're not as prioritized, just looking at how Georgia loves to play ball, how they like to run, utilize their tight ends as almost their primary receiving threats, their skill players are impressive this year, minus running back. And running back, you still have above average to good talent. I just don't think you have the Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle running back room, nor do you have the James Cook, Zamir White running back room. You don't have a 
DeAndre Swift either at running back. I think this running back room might be one of the worst running back rooms, or the worst running back rooms, pardon me, in the Kirby Smart era. But you have an Alito line, great tight ends. You have, I think, the best wide receiver room of the Smart era. And from a quarterback perspective, while I don't think Georgia has the best starter, I think that Jake Fromm in 2017 or 18, Stetson Bennett in 2021 and 2022, they have a great chance to to still be better than Carson Beck this season. We'll have to see how Carson Beck does, but he looked good in 2022, looked very impressive in the spring game, so he has the potential to have the best season as a quarterback under Kirby Smart, but we'll see. I think from a depth perspective, with Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, you have two four-stars and one five-star in that quarterback room. That's the most talented quarterback room that Georgia has had. Potentially the most talented quarterback room like by depth in the country. I'd say Texas with Gwyn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning would probably rival that. But those two, you have multiple four-stars and five-stars in those quarterback rooms, and Georgia has one of them. The only concerns I have offensively are at running back. Talked about this already briefly. I think there's a lack of star talent there, and I don't think it's going to be a big concern because it's still above average to good talent, and the offensive line, that's primarily what helps run the run game anyway, is the offensive line, and Georgia has an elite offensive line. Mike Bobo is the other concern. I think he's a good to great offensive coordinator overall. Didn't like the hire initially, but with many things, my initial reaction to them and then looking into them further, you know, the instant reaction versus thinking about it for a little while longer, I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I even said that in my initial reaction. I just don't think that he's a Todd Monken level offensive coordinator, especially when it comes to schematics and play calling. I think Todd Monken had an argument to be the best offensive coordinator in the nation last year, and that's comparing him to Garrett Riley, who won the Broyles Award, and Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, who were technically head coaches, but last year, the play callers for their respective schools, very good at that, and Todd Monken was in that elite category of offensive play callers, so he's going to be very hard to replace He helped recruit Dylan Raiola, though. He helped recruit him, and he also helped recruit and develop Matthew Stafford during his time at Georgia with Mark Richt. So he's familiar with the system, being on Georgia staff last year and being with Georgia before Smart got there. He's familiar with the program and with the structure, as he learned under Todd Monken. So I don't think there will be much of a drop-off, especially in year one. You probably won't even notice it much in 2023 unless Georgia faces a really impressive team likely with an elite offensive coordinator or play caller then you might notice it but overall still a great elite offense that I think the dogs will carry into 2023 the defense don't really even need to talk about that defensively Glenn Schumann is one of the nation's best defensive coordinators having Will Muschamp on staff certainly helps And you have NFL players to work with. Jalen Carter left. Insert Nazir Stackhouse. I think he's going to be that the the next first round 
high-level athletic defensive tackle that Georgia had with Trayvon Walker in 2021 and Jalen Carter in 2022. Also, don't forget Jordan Davis from 2021 either. I mean, Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson, both seniors, both have experience, both have been waiting for their time and have gotten rotational playing time, their time to start and show that they're NFL players, which they are, is now. Also watch out for Michael Williams on that defensive line. He was a true freshman last season, and he just he tore it up. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. Malachi Starks as well is another player who was a true freshman last year. Both of them, both of them just had phenomenal years. I mean, Georgia especially on defense, just knows how to recruit, nurture, and develop defensively, especially on the defensive line. Michael Williams last year had 28 total tackles, 15 of them were solo, and he had four and a half sacks. A sack against Ohio State and a sack against TCU, so two sacks in Georgia's college football playoff run where they became only the third team to have a 15-0 record in the college football playoff, the fourth team to have an undefeated record in the college football playoff. You can't count out Alabama in 2020, even though they were just 13-0. They had a 10-game SEC schedule, crushed Georgia, beat Florida in a shootout, crushed Ohio State. They have an argument to be one of the greatest teams of all time. Georgia, I think with the roster they have, very well could three-peat. It would be very realistic of them to do. But looking ahead beyond 2023, let's look at Georgia's 2024 recruiting class for a few minutes. They have the second highest average player ranking, Georgia does. The recruiting class is absolutely phenomenal. It's second according to 24-7 Sports Composite, third behind Ohio State according to 24-7 Sports Individual Rankings. Georgia has three five-stars. Their average recruit rank is a 94.9. That is an above-average four-star, which to have that as your average, like your average commit is a a four-star who's close to a top 100 player, that's impressive. That's really impressive and, and admirable. Georgia's staff is amazing at recruiting amazing at developing, and like I said earlier in the video, they want to be a part of a winning team. They want to be a part of a winning program. They contain three five-stars, seven four-stars, and two three-stars with 12 total commits. Michigan, according to 24-7 Sports, has a better recruiting class, but they have five more commits. Ohio State, who's just behind Georgia at three, has one more commit with 13. Notre Dame rounds out the top four. They have 16 total commits. So Michigan and Ohio State are recruiting at a very elite level. Alabama is too, but they only have six commits, but they have an average rank of 95.42. It's the only school who has an average player committed that's ranked higher than Georgia is once again Alabama. But Georgia has six more commits. They have, I mean... They have their quarterback, who's better than Julian Sayan by a mile, according to composite and standard rankings. Georgia's in good shape. Dylan Riola committed to the Bulldogs on Monday, and there are seven 
other five stars being targeted, and not just defensive players. These include three five-star wide receivers. There's an article that I'm going to link down below, ESPN talking about Dylan Riola's commitment. 6'3", 220 pounds from Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona. He chose Georgia over USC and Nebraska, previously committed to Ohio State, obviously. He was a legacy recruit from Nebraska. Obviously, if you're a quarterback, you're going to want to go to USC because of Lincoln Riley's reputation. He also had some ties to Georgia. And Riola said that I learned a lot from his first experience, or I learned a lot from my first experience. I, should, I shouldn't be misquoting him. My apologies. This time around, I took my time and never felt rushed or pressured to commit, Riola said. Was able to have conversations with my family, my pastors, and mentors. The stability allowed me to be still, be patient, and allow God to guide me. I appreciate every coach that has invested in getting to know me and my family. And he committed to Georgia. He threw for 3,341 yards, 32 touchdowns, and five interceptions during his sophomore campaign. As a junior, he threw for 2,435 yards, 22 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Ohio State filled the spot with ESPN 300 quarterback Air Noland. Nebraska, USC haven't gotten high school recruits yet at quarterback nebraska added transfer jeff sims who replaced casey thompson and they have a deep quarterback room usc got caleb williams coming back and obviously malachi nelson if you're usc who just enrolled with the program and miller moss so again they have an elite quarterback room as well nebraska's is great i didn't mean to say as well but again seven five stars being targeted. It's crazy. And before, this is a common theme, Georgia would recruit super well on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, they'd still recruit great, but they wouldn't develop as well, and the recruiting, too, just wasn't there. But now the offense is priority, too, as you can see by the three-star wide receivers being targeted, the three wide receivers. And to me, it's clear that Kirby Smart is building the nation's best program with elite recruiting, but not just elite recruiting, elite development, and elite schematics as well. So I expect Georgia to be the nation's premier dynasty moving forward. And I say this not really with disrespect to Nick Saban. However, he is getting old. I still think he has another national title potentially within him, maybe more, but Kirby Smart's younger. He's currently beating Nick Saban in recruiting. He finally beat him on the field in 2021. And over the past two seasons, Kirby Smart has had the better football team. So I think Georgia's the nation's number one program currently. Thank you guys for watching. If you like this video, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, comment your thoughts down below, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more content. Thank you all for watching. And I'll see you guys around. Bye-bye.